Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And hello, everybody, to the Weekday Warriors of Wrestling for Wednesday, March 23rd, 2016. I am Eric Clancy alongside Mr. Patrick Kelly. We are here today, and <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so we've got uh, the week's uh, the week's wrestling's happening to talk about. Um, Patrick, I'm going to start with Lucha Underground because I thought that was the most noteworthy show of the three. Um, oh, by far. Yeah, in fact, I don't even remember. Did I, what happened on NXT? Did I even watch NXT this week? Oh, what did happen on NXT? Oh, uh, American Alpha became the number one contender to the tag titles. Oh, and Nakamura came. And Nakamura came, yep. Okay, yep. yes, yes. Um, yeah, so Lucha Underground, I thought was, and I guess you thought so too, was the um, not only the best show of the week, but the most noteworthy. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, you should before listening to us, but... If you haven't, um, or I'm sorry, if you have seen it, uh, it was an incredible show. Uh, We had two, the only two title changes really that, actually technically three, if you count the gifts to the Gods Championship being cashed in and thus being vacant, we had all three titles change hands, or Mm -hmm. at least, you know, change from their previous owners. Um, uh, We had a a very good match between the Disciples of Death and... uh, um, the unlikely trio, and we had, of course, um, in the main event, Phoenix defeated Mil Mortes, and it, to me, seemed like the first half of the season. Uh, I mean that in, like, or the end of the first half. Like, when we came back, we established that, uh, you know, Katrina and Mil Mortes were running the temple. Death had taken over. Um, it was a much darker place, as they stated. Mil Mortes watched all the matches from his throne of skulls created by corpses such as El Mariachi Loco and uh, Big Rick, who are in canon part of the throne. Um, and uh, things were different, and <clears throat> the baby faces found themselves out of power, and uh, Dario Cueto, who I wouldn't call a hero, but he was on the outs. And so we were in a much different place. This kind of shifted that power, I felt, you had the Disciples of Death being taken down, um, and then the ultimate takedown was uh, Phoenix beating Mil Mortes. In an uh, amazing match, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd put it above Grave Consequences. In fact, I, I, I do know that I wouldn't put it above Grave Consequences, which I thought was, you know, um, I guess you can make the case for match of the year 2015. I, I might. Uh, I, would put gra- I would put either Grave Consequences or... Uh, Sasha and Bailey at, at Brooklyn would be my two um, contenders for match of the year. Um, but mm-hmm. a very good match, <clears throat> very good story told. Um, we had a lot of interesting things going on in the match. Uh, I, I mean, not not even part of the match, but I thought the, the segment with Katrina and Phoenix backstage was really interesting. Like, there was you, – you, we had almost felt previously that the um, – Katrina used Phoenix to kill Mil Mortes and then bring him back 
uh, as Mil Mortes 2.0, who then destroyed everyone. Um, and this time it seemed that Katrina actually had some sort of feelings for Phoenix and that she envied him. And I know a lot of people had speculated that Katrina is the personification of death. And I think that's an interesting point. But this episode made it seem more that she was just a dead person who mm-hmm. desperately wants life. And that's her attraction to Phoenix, um, who is personified life. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, frog in my throat. <clears> throat> um, so I thought that was interesting. I thought the match was real good. Um, I really liked <clears> – <throat> I'm, so, I'm very sorry. I really liked how um, – how Mill worked really well as a base for Phoenix. Like Phoenix did all his high flying moves and then Mill would just like smash him with a clothesline or spear him or do something like Mill. I mean, yeah, he did a few high flying maneuvers, but he didn't try to be anything that he wasn't. Um, and he, he just tried to be this wrecking machine, which is when he works best, I think, and looks like the toughest, most dangerous guy in Lucha Underground. And the mm-hmm. finish I thought was great for a few reasons. Number one, <clears throat> in a wrestling match, if you can hold the guy's shoulders down to the mats the longest, you are the winner, no matter how tough you are, no matter how, you know, it's why, you know, if you're a big, tough biker, but you go into, like, amateur wrestling and you, you know, you get beat, well, you don't have the technique. So um, it mm-hmm. doesn't hurt. And that's no one of the reasons roll-up finishes are fine and the people that complain about those are crazy. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't cheapen anything. So, you know. Uh, Phoenix wins, but on the same token, it doesn't make Mill look any weaker for it. It seemed like, you know, he got pinned down. Mill's still the toughest, most dangerous guy. I mean, he would still kill you in a fight, but Phoenix, who is the guy that has always had Mill Mortes' number, um, I mean, Mill did beat him when he came back, back, but Phoenix beat him in grave consequences. He beat him here today. There's there's a bit of a psychological edge, I think, that he has over Mill, and uh, I think they kept Mill strong. I think they gave us a cool moment, and I think it oh, looked... Oh, they ripped the mask? That was really cool. Oh, yeah. Well, the shot, the um, aerial shot they had of Mill punching him, and the mask ripped, and, like, you saw the blood on him, and then there was, like, a blood splatter across the ring, almost as though Mill had beat him so badly that the blood was spraying off his face. It was a beautiful shot. They had a lot of really, really nice shots, camera-wise and cinematography-wise, that I... I really enjoyed, but it gives us a great moment, and it gives us a great launching pad to go into Aztec Warfare, where maybe they can continue down this path, or maybe they can go somewhere new. But unlike WWE, I felt like I was told a story, and that and a chapter is completed, you know? Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of what they did in Season 1, where if you remember the way Season 1 played out, really the main story going all the way through that one was the whole... Dario Cueto with the $100,000 and Johnny Mundo and Prince Puma were both pursuing him, and that basically carried the first eight or nine episodes or so. Yeah, that was the first uh, half. Right, and then that played, that built up to Aztec Warfare to crown the first champion, and season two kind of did the same thing, where the first part of the season is about Mil Muertes and Katrina controlling everything, and that builds into Aztec Warfare, and now Aztec Warfare is going to be kind of the reset button for the second half of the season and uh, build off of what was already established, but then take it in a whole different direction. And considering what else we saw in the show, I think Aztec Warfare is going to be extremely interesting. I agree. I agree. Um, so we, the, the big thing beyond all that was we finally, for the first time in, in like a year and a half, I guess is the time frame, saw Montanza. And I mean, I don't know he about you, awesome. but 
did not disappoint. They look, looked like Jason Voorhees, you know, looked like Leatherface, looked as scary as you wanted the guy to look. My only my only concern would be, and that's it's not even a concern really, it's just a thing I'm thinking of because I want to make sure I'm leaving all stones unturned here, but the guy who who's playing Montanza is like I think he's like five ten, he's like six foot. He's not particularly tall. He is wide and he is ripped. So I think mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's not going to look intimidating. But like, you know, that that that's a thing you can think about. But but for the most part I thought what we saw was fantastic and I thought um Montanza looked as good as you could have hoped him to look for. Unless, of course, they somehow signed Brock Lesnar to play him and then did that. But, you know, assuming we're in reality, you know, you have to you have to go with what you got. So um, It kind I, of reminds I, me of Kane, and I know that comparison's been made a lot, but I remember when they were building up Kane initially, and I had this fear that all this build-up for Kane is like he's not going to live up. He's not going to look as good, and he's just not going to look as cool because our imagination just isn't going to live up to the reality. Well, they proved us wrong. I mean, Kane, that first year or so, and especially, especially the night he debuted at Bad Blood, looked amazing, and he was imposing, and he got over immediately. I felt kind of that same way about Matanza. I was like, oh, God, I hope they have a good design lined up because if, if it doesn't look good, then the build-up's for nothing. But can they live up to the build-up? That's the question. I think that first visual of him was pretty pretty damn good. I was like, damn, that looks so freaking sweet. It's yeah. God, I can't wait to see him in action now. I agree. I, I think, and, and am I to believe that he'll be in Lucha, um, Aztec Warfare? I That was the impression I got, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, Dario's coming back, so... Oh, you know, I'm going to mark out like a bitch when he comes yeah, back to the and, temple. And, and see, the thing with... I, I'm glad you brought up Kane, because Montanza remind me of Kane a lot, too. And a big reason why Kane worked so well and, you know, uh, like why he got over as well as he did was because people remember like, oh, he just came in and he did stuff. I mean, Kane's story begins in like April 97. I mean, Mm -hmm. when when Paul Bear is like, "I I blackmailed you and then... For months, it was like, what's the blackmail? What's the blackmail? And then finally, Undertaker said, I can't take it anymore. He gets rid of Paul Bearer. And Paul Bearer's like, you murdered your parents and you and your brother. And then he's like, but your brother's alive. And then it was another, like, three, four months. And then finally, we see Kane. So it's about six months of buildup for this one character. And then, of course, you have him come out, and he looks great, and he rips the door off the hinges. Subsequently, killing Hill in the Cell matches forever. But, I mean, it, it, it did make an impact, you know. But uh, <laughs> nobody can get into this thing except for the first match ever. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so so I thought it was, um, you know, Montanzo, it was, he was a year and a half building up because it was, who the fuck is in this cage, and what is Dari? You know, what is all of a sudden? We slowly found out. We found now we know he's he houses the body of a god, and he's like a dark magic pact personified. Um, it's it's very interesting, and now we see him. And I mean, I guarantee you, when he walks into that, into the temple, he'll be over as fuck. And these are hardcore wrestling fans, and this is what like, I like to tell people, like. People act like, oh, WWE, you know, I, I feel like I say this every week. It's like my new soapbox now. But people are always like, oh, WWE is a joke. They had all these cartoon characters. They had plumbers. They had blah, 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 blah. Well, holy fuck, if you built up the plumber 
for like 10 weeks and you gave him a backstory where he was a plumber, but he was also really talented as a wrestler and he, his family was, was in poverty and he had to take both these jobs so he could provide for them. And then and like was, his daughter has cancer or something. Yeah, and, he, and he was going to, and he was going to, he's like, he's coming to the WWE. Like he, he has to work two jobs and thankfully he's talented as a wrestler. So he's going to try to make it work. And you you built that up and you committed to that for like ten weeks and then he showed up. The guy would be fucking over. It's not about the character. It's about how you commit to it. And if you just say, "Here's a guy who's a plumber," and they're like, oh, "Okay," uh, not just a plumber, an evil plumber. Yeah, or like you're like, "Here, this guy's a this guy," and, and you know, like Isaac Yankum as a dentist wasn't good, but like th- there was multiple reasons for that. Multiple re- one reason is because he was in with Jerry Lawler, and anything Jerry Lawler touched in the '90s as a wrestler was fucking hot garbage. Number two, like you know, like Yankum was Glenn Jacobs wasn't that good of a worker back then. Like physically, he was okay, but he mentally was not there. But they gave him a fair amount of buildup. He was like Jerry Lawler's giant dentist that used to wrestle, and like you know, it wasn't terrible. I mean, I'm not saying the stuff was good, but, like, they committed to it a little better and it worked better than, like, Duke the Dumpster did, and it worked better than, like, T.L. Hopper and stuff like that. But, like, like let's let's take a look. Lucha Underground has a brother of Dario Cueto who's, like, eating and killing people, and he is the creation of a dark magic pact with a god in his body. That's silly as fuck, but they committed to it, and they're like, here you go, and it's going to be over. It's going to be over like gangbusters. Yeah, it is, and uh, that's not, uh, well, Matanza might be the most over-the-top gimmick that they've come up with, but they have a phoenix who's literally like a reincarnation constantly, you know, can't fucking die. They've got the Master of Death, they've got... I disagree. Uh, I mean, a, Aerostar a there is a literal dragon, Patrick. How can you say Montanza is the most? Where there is a literal <laughs> dragon and there is a time traveling alien. A time traveling superhero. Yeah, that's another one. So uh, they're all over the place, and they're great. Yeah, and 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 we've got Rey Mysterio now. Yeah, and he, uh, God, he's he's definitely he's definitely going to be in Aztec Warfare. They confirmed that. So uh, fuck, uh, speaking of committing the characters. El Dragon has Tekka Jr. is going to make his debut in Aztec yeah, Warfare. Yeah, which, by the way, by the way, let me ask you, because I try to stay away as much as I can from information about Lucha Underground, because I don't want anything spoiled. Is the guy who plays El Dragon as Tekka any good? I have no idea. I don't know because, who's playing him. Because they're making him out to be a big deal. And I will say this, so far what I've seen from him, Rey Mysterio has never been the best on the microphone, and he's never been the best actor. But Rey Mysterio is like fucking, is like uh, Lawrence Olivier in those segments against Del Dragon Azteca, you know? <laughs> and It's amazing. It's just the night and day. If you look at his work in WWE, it was like, oh, God, get the mic away from him. But now yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm going to sit in front of a fireplace and just listen to Rey talk and about that, mythical that, that's legends that, all day. That, that, that partially that Rey Mysterio uh, is, it's Lucha Underground, everything's better. It's also because El Dragon Azteca is, like, kind of terrible in those backstage segments as as a talker. And so I'm wondering if he's going to be, like, a major deal. Um, I, I, I don't know. So I was... Yeah, he's another character. They've been building him up since the very first scene of the first episode. Yes. And we have... So, I mean, and, and who knows, is um, is uh, Black Lotus ever going to perform? Or is she just an actor? Or, you know, who who knows? I, I don't know. She's a worker. That's Angela Fong. So she is a wrestler. Oh, it is. So it. I, oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so but she, she hasn't done anything point. yet, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, God, they've got all these characters. See, that's another weird one. They've built up all these characters that haven't even wrestled yet. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's going to be interesting. And then, of course, you got so many different storylines coming down. I mean, you've got you've got Mundo and Puma, who seem to be bringing back that season one rivalry we talked about, where Puma fucking punches through the the the, the bag and and then does his Puma growl, which by the way is awesome. The Puma growl is amazing, and um and you've got Johnny Mundo at the same time, who seems to be just delighting and pissing everybody off, has got his thing with Cage going, and also he's taking people to Slamtown, which is the greatest thing ever. It's like, you cruising for a bruise I'm like, I love you forever, Johnny Mundo. Um, and uh, <laughs> also, also, fucking Famous B is coming soon. Oh, my God, those commercials are the best. I love I mean, those goddamn commercials. They took, like, Famous B was, like, a jobber that was, like, Rick, Big Rick's friend. And now I'm like, Famous B is amazing. Also, he sounds like Goldie Wilson III in Back to the Future. <laughs> That's a great call. But um, the best part about those commercials is that there, there are actually commercials within the universe where you actually see guys on the show watching televisions with that commercial. It's really fucking great. They're like, they're like oh, man, the Famous B commercial's on again. i got to get back to my kung fu training. I hope I don't miss it. Because every fight in Lucha Underground that doesn't happen in the ring is kung fu. Also, I love it. Um, Uh, Don't be a Brenda. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Okay, so Lucha Underground was amazing. Aztec Warfare is next week, and I'm super excited about it. What more can we say about the episode that, like, hasn't been said? I guess we'll go into Raw. It's a little bit fresher in my mind than NXT is. Um... I mean, I can't really remember anything about NXT, so that's probably not good. Uh, beyond Sami Zayn's going to wrestle Nakamura, I think that's it. Yeah, and American Alpha are going to challenge for the yeah, yeah. Oh, American, American, American Alpha's Alpha. got to fucking win that thing. Like that's that's it, you know. There's no, yeah, it's. They I are like, I'm like Cass not winning it, but American Alpha, they have to. It's, they it's, are like, they are so amazingly hot. Like they're. They're like when when Jordan rips off those things, I'm like, holy shit! I get like pumped up, man. I just, they're 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 stars. I mean that the tag team division, if WWE doesn't fuck it up like it does every single time, so read this read into this that it probably will be terrible. But the tag team division, if there were normal people running, it could be amazing because the amount of guys they got coming up are like. Mm-hmm. Insane. So um, I even like. Uh, I didn't really think much of them at first, but I like the revival. I do too. I like. I like how they've branded themselves, and I think that's an important thing. If you just look at the revival, it's like, hey, it's a bunch of short guys that are out of shape. I like the idea that they're like, we're like the Brainbusters or the Minnesota Wrecking Crew or like you know whoever, and like I like the no flips, just fists. I think that's a good branding thing. It's like, like we're we are literally not here to jump around. We are here to win matches and hurt you any way you can. It's one of the reasons I, I love Dolph Ziggler, the performer, but sometimes Dolph Ziggler, the character, and I've said this a thousand times, you and I have said this a thousand times mm-hmm. on the show, it's so annoying. It's like, I'm here to steal the show. I, if I was anyone else, if I was Miz, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm here to win matches and make more money than you. Okay, like, there's no reason Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler, the character, is like a wrestling smark who's like, I'm going to put on the best match. I'm like, 
Who, like, who fucking cares? Like, uh, did you win the match? Like, I don't care what you did. No, Tom Brady doesn't say, that game was really exciting. He's like, I want to beat these guys 42 to nothing, you know? Like, no, <laughs> well, actually, nope. it's funny you mentioned that. Misha Tate, who just won the Bantamweight Championship from Holly Holm, uh, I saw a fight she had with Julie Kedzie a couple years ago that was very exciting, one of the most exciting back-and-forth fights I've ever seen. And when she was interviewed afterwards, Misha Tate, she won the fight, and she was like, yeah, that wasn't a championship-worthy performance on my part. I should have put the fight away much sooner, and it, it was more competitive than it should have been. And I was like, yeah, that's how you should feel. You don't want to get into tight, competitive fights all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Well, that, in like 30 seconds. That's what, and like I say this about, um, I agree with you, yeah, um, that's what I, I – when people are watching, like, football and they're like, oh, that was a great game, that was a bad game, most people actually mean the opposite of what they say. When it's a bad game, unless it's really bad, unless somebody's just fucking up and it's either, you know, a, a team smashing another game, like, no, that's one team playing really well. It's not exciting for you. That's a different thing. But if it's – if people go back and forth, then either they're evenly matched, which can be the case, or people are fucking up all over the place. And there's turnovers, and there's, you know, like, so just because it's exciting from our, that doesn't mean they're executing every single thing. So there's a difference in terms of competitor and viewer. And in WWE, the character should, oh, in most wrestling things, you know, because at the end, end of the day, oh, all wrestling things. Yeah, they should always want to win the match, and they should always want to make more money. And I always remember, and this would never work today in WWE because they just don't do it like that, and it's terrible. I've used this before. So, by the way, guys, if you think you're listening to a rerun, I apologize. This is I'm just springing up old things all the time. Um, 1997 King of the Ring, Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin are both tag team champions, but they hate each other. The whole psychology of the match, the entire thing – is Vincent and Ross and Lawler talking about this, and Austin and Sean are talking about this in the thing. You want to win the match, but you don't want to hurt your partner too much because then you're susceptible to lose the titles when you face the Hart Foundation next. And when you're the champion, you make more money. That was the fucking, like, psychology of the match. And it was like, it wasn't like, oh, Jesus, I had sex with your wife in the parking lot or anything. It was just like... (laughs) This is the world we live in. We're a fictional fighting league. And in this fictional fighting league, if you win matches or win titles, you make more money and you're in more prominent spots. So wins and losses are important. So now you're wrestling a match, and you want to win this match, but you've got to be careful because you have a match the next night, and if you hurt your opponent who's your partner, you may not win that match. So you need to balance things. And that's an interesting dichotomy, and it's interesting. And WWE doesn't do that stuff anymore because it's all about making an impact and getting noticed and all this fucking nebulous <laughs> and bullshit. Game. Yeah, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't make any sense. As much as I hate the amount of times JBL calls Kevin Owens a prize fighter, at least that fucking makes sense. And it's like, okay, he wants to win money for winning matches. But half the time, it's Dolph Ziggler's like, I sold a bunch of moves. I'm awesome. No, you're not. You just got your ass kicked all the time. Let Patrick and I tell you you're awesome because you sold moves. You don't do that on the fucking show, you idiot. It's like Shawn Michaels, like the character, was like, he was good because he like snuck out all those matches and won. He wasn't good because he got punched in the face all the time and kept getting, and like, you know, thrown around. He's good to us as like watching the artistic aspect of it, but not in character. Like, there needs to be a, uh, people need to understand that. 
Yeah, well, I, we, it's funny you mentioned Shawn Michaels because we've talked about this before. It's like the idea of him being Mr. WrestleMania in kayfabe within the context of the show makes no sense because his record at WrestleMania is abysmal. Yes. Like, yeah, what is it, like 6-11 it, 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 or something like that? What'd you say? What's his record, like 6-11? and 11? It's not good. He wa- lost, like, the first, like, 80. Uh, he beat Tito. He lost to Tatanka. He lost to Razor. He lost to Diesel. He beat Brett. Didn't wrestle at 13. He lost, um, lost Austin. Austin. He beat Jericho. He lost in the triple threat. He beat, he lost to Angle. He beat Vince. He lost to Cena. He beat Flair. He lost. Even the guys he beat, it was all like over the hill. You know, yeah, it was like old. he beat Vince McMahon and Ric Flair. And then, of course, he had like losses and stuff in the tag end. In the early years. Yeah, you know, it's funny because Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker are the best interpretations of people being confused about kayfabe in real life. Um, Because when they're like, Shawn Michaels is the greatest at WrestleMania. Yes, yes, he is in real life, he is, because his matches are always the best. And then they're like, Undertaker streak's amazing. Yes, yes, it is in the context of the show, but it's not in real life because because he didn't actually defeat anyone. Like, you know, like, you, you can cheer one of those things on the show, Undertaker, and you can cheer one of those things behind the scenes, Shawn Michaels, but not both both ways. And they do that, and it's really fucking weird. It's like Undertaker didn't do anything for that streak. He just kept getting chose to beat other people. That's what happened. <laughs> like, I'm not applauding him for his shitty match where Nathan Jones didn't show up or his, his bad King Kong Bundy match. Like, I'm not giving him credit for that. What, what the fuck do I care? He, he beat this guy and had a shitty match out of it? Congratulations. Kayfabe, that's great. You beat those guys. But in real life, those matches sucked. By the way, as you mentioned Nathan Jones. I'm going to throw this out there. I just rewatched Mad Max Fury Road again. He was awesome in that movie. Just Who that. is he in Fury Road? So what? Who is he? Uh, he's the big mostly guy. He goes, I am a baby brother. He was perfect in every way. Oh, I didn't even know that. I didn't even notice that was him. I also don't love that movie. Like, it's it's really? good. I enjoy it. But, like, I, I just am not a huge fan of that movie. I don't do a lot because it was, you know, I and we've talked about this before, but I I hate it when movies are overly CGI, and that one cuts back on that. Yeah, I, movie, I, and it is mostly practical, so it looks amazing. I agree. Well, okay, I agree that the practical stuff is great. I will, however, call that movie out because it is not free from modern bullshit. It is color graded like my asshole. It oh, is it totally blue, is. Yeah, it is blue and orange to the fucking hilt. And I cannot stand, like, I hate it when they did it in Jurassic World, and I hate it when they do it with, like, any of my superhero movies. Like, I'm just like, holy fuck, man. I can, can I just see how the world really looks as opposed to this dumbass theory that's never been proven by anyone? Oh, it's opposite on the color wheel! That makes sense at someone somewhere. Let's do it forever. It's easy. It's, yeah. It's, it's so, like, and that's the thing. It wasn't, nobody decided, like, there's no psych, psychological or visual thing where somebody says that is pleasing to the eye. Somebody thinks that, and, oh, it's also, uh, all, also, by the way, color grading makes everything less expensive because it's easier to do it all. So, like, oh, there oh, you go. Uh, uh, what do you think won out on that one? Um, but, oh, yeah. It's kind of so, like, uh, well, it's like overusing CGI. They do it because it's cheaper and easier. Yeah. Ugh. Um... I mean, don't get me wrong. I love, like, I, I think CGI is fantastic. I just think it's the biggest fucking crutch in the history of 
film, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it allowed every, we used to be people like, oh, I can't make a mo- monster movie because I don't have the budget to build the monster. And now they're like, fuck, we're doing this, you know, and it's like, uh, God uh, of Egypt gets greenlit. That was, yeah, that was the, um, that was my favorite aspect of Star Wars. And I think I told mm-hmm. you how I felt on, on the new Star Wars. Um, I, I, I love, we talk about it. Oh, well, I, I, I should have just watched The New Hope. Because that was that was the movie I saw. Well, that's what J.J. Abrams does. He he made. I mean, he remade Breath of Khan twice. With yeah. The no, we did talk about this because you've you said that to me. Um, oh, okay. I love the practicality of it. That was probably my favorite part. Um, uh, Chewbacca looked great. BB-8 looked great. So. Yeah, all the aliens and stuff. They made all that stuff. And actually, um, the shittiest looking alien was the Supreme Leader Snooky Dookie. <laughs> you mean Palpatine? You mean giant Palpatine? Yeah, he looked like shit. I, I'm sorry. That was not... And Andy Serkis, I love you, but that... No, yeah. that one didn't work. Also, his name, I'm Supreme Leaver Snoke. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> any, anyway, um, let's get to Raw. Um, they were in Philly, so um, they needed to be more on their game, and they weren't. I will say this. This show was, I didn't think, very good. Um, I will say this. Roman Reigns looked perhaps the best he looked in like three months. Maybe Mm -hmm. probably since he won the title. Here's what I liked. Now that said, like you're not going to be able to undo months and months of issues with two shows. Like it's not going to happen. Like people remember, like you can't just say, Oh, forget all this stuff where he joked around forever and didn't care about anything. Like nobody's going to forget that. However, I thought him coming down through the entranceway was way cooler because whenever people come through the crowd, they're like kind of worried about people touching them or tripping them or something. So there's really not much you can do beyond be concerned and like walk down to the ring. This gave him a chance to like be more complete and come off a little more, uh, I guess, menacing and not have to worry about, you know, whether a guy's going to poke his butthole or something. Uh, so he came out, which looked nice. Um, he said, you know, he blocked the slap, which I thought was great because, and you're in an iffy situation with like, you know, in WWE where they kind of portray you not being allowed to hit women. And like, it's not like Lucha Underground where they're like, you're competitors. This is okay. It's like, it's more like. We'll power bomb you two tables. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like uncomfortable in WWE. And this got around it pretty well. I thought because. Stephanie gets away with that slap way too fucking much, and nobody can get comeuppance on her. So him blocking it, he's not hurting her, but he's like... And then, of course, he does the, look at me, look at me. I am the captain now, um, which which was great. And then um, and then he beats the crap out of Triple H in, in the limo, and there's no smiling, and there's no, like, I don't care about anything. I'm Roman Reigns, blah, 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 blah. There was just, I'm angry, and I'm going to punch you in the face. And that was it. And... That simplicity was a lot more enjoyable to me. And I, for the first time since I think he won the title, I was like, oh, okay, I can get behind that. Yeah, and it's, it's one of the reasons that Cena doesn't really work as a character, because the dude never gets mad at anything. He's just kind of like, oh, yay, hi, everybody, all having a good time, and blah, 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 and other stuff. And nothing really impacts or affects how he, you know, how he feels about things. Roman Reigns, and this goes back to when he first won the title the night before, where he beat the crap out of everybody. He's like, fuck this, I've been screwed over so many goddamn times, this is fucking bullshit. And he just 
completely went apeshit on Triple H, and that was yeah. awesome. And now we get to see, it's like, no, this motherfucker smashed my face, so I'm going to smash his fucking face every time I see him. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. You're reacting to stuff that happened to you. I like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason and a cause and an effect and things build. So I like that. I thought that was the highlight of the show. Um, uh, I, I, I guess I could see this coming, but with the exception of a few things, that New Day promo was terrible. It needed to be cut down by, like, five minutes. And I feel like... I actually like... didn't see it. What? I actually didn't see it. Good, don't. Um, <laughs> I feel like the writing team's getting their hands on the New Day. And, oh, dear. And it's, you know, it, it's what they do with any, like, hot comedy act. It's They'll be like, ew. I'm hoping that doesn't happen, because I don't want to be the guy that's always like, oh, they're great when they're heels, and then when they turn face, I'm like, no, they suck. I like just want it to be funny and not drawn out and delivered well. Um, well, you just described Santino's career, unfortunately, yeah, where yeah, he, yeah. he was really funny when he was a heel, and then they turned him face and ruined it. The hunk-a-tonk-a-meter, um, <laughs> which, which they did not have the patience to do that, which is so funny when people are like, do you think they're ever going to make break CM Punk's title record? I'm like, no, they don't have the fucking patience to do that. Like, what, you think WWE's going to commit to having a guy as champion for like a year and a half just to spite CM Punk? They couldn't even get Santino to keep the title for like two months. They're not going to do that. With, for for to, to take down Punk. Speaking of lack of patience, where's the the fucking IC title situation? Do we really need like another multi man ladder match? Yeah, okay. Let's, let's talk about that because first of all, I hate that every Intercontinental title match at like has to be a multi man ladder match, and also that there has to be a multi man ladder match at every WrestleMania. Like it used to be Money in the Bank, now it's this. Okay, if you wanted to do this story, fine. But here's how you need to do it. You have Kevin Owens from when he debuts in like May or whatever, take out each guy and ruin them one by one. Whether and you know, you can have people I understand people are injured like Cena and Cesaro and et cetera and stuff, but you have each of them like get ruined in some sort of specific way and Owens beats them and takes them down. Maybe it's Sincara, maybe it's, you know, Kalisto, maybe it's whoever. You get and like Sammy's still is already there. So yeah, yeah, and Sammy's he's already done that. So you get like six dudes, and then at WrestleMania you announce that he's going to face Sammy Zayn, and everybody's like, oh, and then they're and then they're announced like the next week or something. Oh, also wrestler B is going to be in there, and they're like, oh, and then they're like wrestler C. Oh, you get all these guys in this multi-man match, and the finish is Owens being just beaten one by one by each of these guys, like in different ways, finisher into finisher into finisher into finisher into finisher until he's just a pulp. And then they like how you do the actual finish and like Sammy Zayn wins or whatever, whatever. Um, it like that, like the, the, that's the option. It's either that or the Sammy Zayn like one-on-one match, because the issue is Owens has held that title for like two months, and he hasn't really done much with it. If you wanted me to like, oh God, Owens is is, is getting taken down. That's fine, but he has to he has to get over on people in order for that to work. In order for me to want to see him get his ass kicked, you need to like show me him doing stuff that I think is dastardly without him getting his comeuppance four seconds later. And WWE has always had this issue. They're torn between 
that Vince knows what works. He knows what works. I know he does. Um, and then his personal preference, which is to send the fans home happy. And by send the fans home happy, I mean make sure there's never any suspense on the show ever. Um, and and instead of doing that, you know, you just have the guy constantly losing and 50-50 booking and no one ever gets over and you never get the big moments. You never get moments like Daniel Bryan and Triple H because Daniel Bryan had been pained for like, and this is why the whole time I was like, chill, everybody. Like, look, people, Daniel Bryan would get beat up by the authority at the end of the show. I'm like, everybody's like, oh, they're burying Daniel Bryan. And I was like, no, no, this is the thing you complained that didn't happen when Cena was on top. Enjoy it. They're building heat on the baby face. Like, you're supposed to get fucking pissed off. Like, relax. I mean, don't relax because that's the point. But you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then he, and then he goes over Triple H, and it's an amazing moment, and everybody's like crying, and it's awesome, and and yeah. But like, you can't do it this way, and like, it's it's just it's just how Vince works. And if you remember, um, if you remember 1995, Bill Watts came in for I want to say like three months as head of creative. Do you remember this? Uh, vaguely. And like one of his major edicts, and I don't love Bill Watts. Let me say this: like oh, he was also things... the guy that booked it so that top rope moves were a disqualification. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, not all of his ideas were good. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I'm not like Jim Cornette, where everything is like, yeah, this is great and this is horrible. Who cannot fucking like, ah, and which is funny because Jim Cornette, some ideas are brilliant, some ideas are terrible. You know, like. Uh, so Bill Watts, some things I think are just fucking backwards and idiotic and some things I agree with philosophically with him. And one of those is strong heels. And anyone who's listened to me knows I feel that way. I think it's a really compelling reason why the territories are always built with heel champions. Um, it's just, it's just basic drama. It's not just pro wrestling. It's just, that's how shit works, you know? So mm-hmm. when Bill came in, into the, um, into WWE, like his first order of business, he was, well, his first order of business was like, we gotta make Bret Hart the champion. And Vince was like, no, no, no. Shawn Michaels is going to be the champion. And Bill Watts says, it won't be believable. He's too scrawny. Despite the fact that Shawn and Bret were the exact same muscle mass and height, but fuck that. <laughs> Who cares? You idiot. Oh my, I cannot. The, the, I, like, if you don't like Shawn Michaels and that's fine, but if you don't like Shawn Michaels and said, no, 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 we got to put it on Bret Hart. And so many people say that. I'm like, then just say you don't like Shawn Michaels. If you don't like small guys, that's fine. But you can't, like, pull Brett out of that, like, category and be like, no, 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 this guy's different. Ugh. Um, and it's funny that we're calling them small guys because they were, like, what, 230, 240 pounds? In, like, well, they were built that. I don't know what they actually were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shawn looked bigger than some of the younger guys he was working with towards the end of his career, so. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I mean, height-wise, Height-wise, they were probably, like, the size of guys. Like, I think Breeze might be the height of Sean, but he's so much thinner. But then again, Brett and Sean were, like, I mean, Brett was using steroids, and fucking Sean was using steroids in 97, 98. There's no way he wasn't. So there was there were guys that were on the juice that, that like, I mean, Tyler Breeze can't be that big, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, so one of the things Bill Watts did when he came in was established strong heels. He turned um, British Bulldog heel. He uh, tried to put some focus on Sid. Um, he used the heels they had, like Yokozuna and Mabel. And there's a there's one of the best Raws in 95 is there's a, and we've talked about this like recently, it's Yokozuna 
Bulldog and uh, Owen against Sean, Diesel, and Taker, which is a super cool match. But the match ends, and it's Mabel, Yoko, Owen, Bulldog, and Dean Douglas beating the living shit out of Diesel, Undertaker, and uh, and Sean. And like, and that's the one where Taker gets his face crushed, right? Yes. Yeah, well, well, well. Storyline wise, it actually happened on a house show, but then they right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's that. Yeah. So. Now, it was, like, such a cool ending because that, like, never happened. That never happened on any of Vince's shows. He never ended with anyone in peril because he didn't want to, like, worry the audience. Because you don't want them to be worried and tune in next week to see what happened, you idiot. Anyway, so Vince changed the the lineup of the show so that that match went on first. And it didn't end the show. And everybody was like, everybody loved the segment. They thought it was great. And it's a great segment. And it builds a lot of heat. And it, like, it, it, it knocks the guys down a peg. It's great. And Vince is like, I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And, of course, then Vince and Watts had, like, um, uh, differences where, it's like, you know, Watts realizes, hey, you're always going to be in charge, so I'm just not going to do this. But it's just Vince's nature. He just... He has such an issue doing it. Like, even when he's the bad guy, he had issues with Austin, like, not getting some sort of comeuppance on him in shows and stuff. And the the reason that that worked as well as it did was because Vince, at the end of the day, was still in a position of power. So Austin could, like, fill his car with cement and ruin it and, like, get the get the last laugh on the day. But Vince was still in control. So Austin was mm-hmm. still fighting for something. So that worked despite Vince's um, nature as a guy who does not like heels to go over at the end of shows. And actually, now that you mention it, it's kind of like, man, that's why it was obvious when Hogan, whenever Hogan was going to lose the title, it was actually kind of obvious because the match with Yoko with King of the Ring, the match with Undertaker and Survivor Series 91, those matches came like halfway through the show because he didn't, I guess they <laughs> yeah, didn't want to let anybody down. They did, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, which, yeah. Survivor Series 91, you want to watch a shit-tastic show? Go watch that one. It's awful. Doesn't Warrior main event that with, like, the Rockers? No, it was like, uh, that was 89. Uh, 91, the main event, I'm not kidding, the main event was LOD and the Big Boss Man versus Natural Disasters and IRS. That's a, that's a terrible, terrible one. Yeah, six, a six-man Survivor Series match because Jake and Savage couldn't be the team captains for some reason. Was there a reason for that? Um, they were doing a storyline where Savage was trying was fighting to get reinstated. Uh, Sid was supposed to be the captain of the babyface team, and Sid got hurt, and Savage wanted to be the replacement. And so I thought, it was like, oh, no, this could be Jake and Savage at the at Survivor Series, and they, for whatever reason, pulled the plug on that and just had them have the match at Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. Uh, um, now, the funny thing is you bring up Sid, like, did you know that, like, like obviously he turned heel and he – but did you know that, that the um, initial plan was for him to succeed Hulk Hogan? Uh, I didn't know that that was the plan all along. Um, I'm not surprised because it felt like at that time they were always looking for a new Hogan, whether it was Warrior or Luger. Um, they were always looking for that big guy to be kind of, the, like you said, the next Hogan. So I'm not surprised to hear that. Uh, but, yeah. Well, uh, it, it, obviously, it, it didn't pan out. It's funny to me. Well, it, it it was it was actually Sid that turned it down. Sid said to um, or Vince sent to Sid. He's like, I want you to be the new top babyface. 
And Sid was like, I think my money's in being like a heel. And it, and by the way, Sid is right. Like Sid is a heel is is the way to go. Like if you were, but were that's doing the only that, way it can work. Yeah, and you could turn him into maybe an anti-hero as he was at at points in like '96 and '97 and stuff. Um, but it's you you gotta make Sid a heel. That's that's just the 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 best thing to do there. Um, he's not gonna be like the go, the do gooder, you know, whatever. And Vince was like, what? And like you know that that became like a big contention because. First of all, Vince couldn't imagine anyone turning down that role, because that's the role everybody wanted. But like he was like, "You want to be a heel?" And then, of course, Vince didn't get it, and you know, and then like shit happened. But um, the it, it's so it's so funny that they were always trying to find the next Hulk Hogan because like Hulk Hogan wasn't the next Hulk Hogan. You know, if you look back at like from night, people joke and they're like, "Well, you know, once like." When's this happen? Like shit, business was going down in 1990 when Hogan was still around, and mm-hmm. you brought they brought Hogan back, and yeah, Warrior failed. And listen, everybody who listens to this show, Phil and Fresno, always like, oh, do you like the Warrior? Do you like the? And I'm like, no, I don't like the Warrior. I never got the Warrior. I never liked the Warrior. The fact remains that when Warrior beat Hogan, there were no heels lined up for him. He exactly. went perfect, and perfect had already been neutered by Hogan. He went with Rude, that they already saw Warrior beat, and there was no one else. There was Dibiase, they tried, and Dibiase yeah, there was, already there was, been They had built up nobody for him. So, like, I think they built up one heel. It was Earthquake, and they gave him to Hogan. Yeah, and, 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 and that did well, but okay. You know, like, but the, the, the fact is, like, I don't know if Warrior would have worked on his own. I have no idea. Like, maybe he wouldn't have but you don't know because not the table was not set for him you know like mm-hmm. I, the, the only guy honestly that's ever thrived in that situation i think would be austin like even with vince like when he was done with sean at mania and they were they were panicked at the time because without sean like there was really nobody for austin to work with they like, had to turn undertaker they had to turn they had to Foley, turn undertaker they had to turn uh Foley, they put Kane in that spot. Like Rock was H- clearly the end goal, but they needed to put some more work into him before getting him to that point. Yeah, they they had like like Rock had six months to get to that spot, and like that was rushed, and they they got it done. It was fun, but like you know there was nobody for Austin to work with, and Austin was able to thrive because Austin was Austin, and Austin was one in a million, and he's probably the only guy that could have ever done that. But like you give. You give Hogan, you give Brett, you give Michaels, you give Triple H, you give Rock, you give whoever that slate of opponents. It's like it, it's not going to work. And they they acted like Warrior was going to do Hogan numbers, but he didn't have Hogan heels. You know, he didn't have guys mm-hmm. that were built up that that he could take down. So I always hate that narrative. And you know, it, it's it's funny to me because a lot of people will talk, and they always blame the character. And I, I know we're probably too much on the side of of the, oh, it's always the writers, it's never the wrestlers. And that may be true, but if you look at all the next Hulk Hogan guys that they tried to – by the way, Hulk Hogan won – while we're talking about him, he won $115 million from Gawker in that suit. So congratulations. <laughs> well, I, well, I finally handed him a goodie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, finally. Um, um so, you know, like, if you look at all the guys that came after Hogan, Warrior didn't have heels. You go to Luger, say what you want. I don't love Lex Luger, but the fact remains, I will say this, 
he was very over at SummerSlam 1993. He got a very big pop, and the thought remains, like, Vince was afraid to pull the trigger on that. If Vince had let him beat Yokozuna, I'm not saying Luger would have been the next thing, but I'm saying is he'd have a hell of a not he'd have a hell of a better chance than beating him by countout and celebrating like he did anything, you know? Yeah, and Luger is one of those guys I feel like I always kind of have to defend a little bit for whatever reason. Again, I'm not the biggest like Luger fan on the planet. Like, like I, I hate to interrupt. I'll let you go back. People act sure. like Luger got booed out of every building. Roman That's Reigns not true. I watched the show. He did not get booed. Yeah, no, he didn't. Go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted. Yeah, right, but no, you're right. Um, yeah, Luger. He, you look at his career. He definitely had his moments in SummerSlam '93. You look at it, and it's like, dude, he looked like he was primed and ready to go. Um, and they were even they were setting up heels for him, like Ludwig Borga. Oh, okay, maybe not the best heel to go with, but still, it's yeah. I didn't think Lex Luger was the disaster that people say he was, but no, he never he thing. never got booed. He just his pops weren't as big as you would have liked. And, I mean, like, Cena and Reigns would take those cheers any day of the week. I mean, it, like... Oh, God, yeah. And, and so, okay, so then you go to Luger. And so, it you, honestly, Brett was more popular. That was Brett, really what Brett, was going Brett on. was more popular, but, I mean, like, fucking, like... Like, and, and Brett was more over in 95 than he was when he had the title in 94, mm-hmm. I would say. When Brett didn't have the title, he was more over than he was in, in his title reign. Which is true for a lot of baby faces, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's like, they, you like him better when they're chasing the title. Yeah. Which, again, strong heel. There you go. I agree. Um, so then you go to Diesel. And Kevin Nash is a guy that is, by his own admittance, is not a guy who's the greatest worker or whatnot. But Kevin Nash started getting over by doing a few things. In Providence in 1994, in the 94 Royal Rumble, he threw everybody out of the ring and was like, looked like a badass. And then, you know, they had Michaels like, like, not help him get eliminated, and like that gave him a little bit of sympathy. He had, and then he had um, at the 90, I think it was the 93 Survivor Series when he, when he it like, was 94. It was the Teamsters versus the bad guys. I remember that. But they lost that one. I'm talking about didn't he in 93? Didn't he like eliminate everyone? No, that was 94. They lost, and his team lost that match, but he yeah, eliminated, yeah, but he all did the eliminate everyone before that happened. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, he, got, I guess, I was thinking of the Roman Reigns one where he like eliminates everyone. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. So um, so then he gets the title. And, like, once again, people act like people were booing Diesel, and occasionally they were. I mean, but like... WrestleMania 11, you could hear it. They started to turn on him, but... Yeah, again, I, It wasn't like what Cena or Reigns kept. Yeah, but, like, you're also with the fact that Diesel, like, you kind of took away that rebel attitude from him and gave him the corporately mandated stuff. And once he lost the title and he does the turn, where he's like a tweener, he kind of gets over again. And when he's, like, Kevin Nash in WCW, and he's basically Diesel with, without ridiculous things to say because you can see the difference when he's diesel he's like brett i'm gonna take you down he's ridiculous and when he's wcw and he's like and he's like rick flair you you know you you say you paved the road but you strip mined and left it with pot like there's a there's a clear difference between those two things like kevin nash was able to you know draw money and be a big star in wcw when he when he wasn't didn't have his um uh his hands clipped and then you know you go to like the the other guys that they that they had like that, and it's it's always something with how Vince uses them because they're able to do things elsewhere. Lex Luger and Hulk Hogan uh, had a match in 
1997 on Nitro where Luger wins the title and it does like a 5.0 and it was like the first 5.0 in cable history for wrestling and it was the it was like a, a three hour special Nitro it was, they weren't three hours at that point yet but that, that was a three hour special and it popped a, an enormous rating so you know clearly there's value it's just how do you coax this out i i am of the belief that you can use people i'm not saying everyone can be stone cold steve austin or everyone can be hulk hogan but there are attributes in each guy that if you coax out to the right degree you know you can you can make a star to somewhat of a degree Right. Well, it's all about hiding weaknesses and showcasing strengths. Um, and that's true with just about any wrestling talent that's ever come up, whether it be somebody like The Rock or Shawn Michaels who could do just about anything, or whether it be somebody like a Hulk Hogan who's not the best worker, but all right, we can present him in a way that works. Uh, WCW turned him heel and made him untouchable, and that worked. Um, there are ways to make guys work, and you got to look at what they're able to bring to the table and what their strengths and what their weaknesses are. And WWE just doesn't do that anymore. They just present everybody like, oh, everybody can cut promos, and everybody can work the same style of match over and over again. And, oh, big guys, they can all take bumps because the little guys can do it too, so, and everybody's got to be the same. And, and, and everybody that's how gets you injured. <laughs> what you say? And then everybody gets injured. Yeah, oh, God, because, everybody's getting injured. Somebody else is getting hurt. Yeah, because Seth Rollins is doing sunset flip, flip powerbombs through tables on house shows in Australia against fucking Kane for some reason. Why the fuck is Seth Rollins doing that on shows, everyone? Why is Seth Rollins... See, this is the other thing that's backwards. To me, the guys like Zack Ryder are the ones that should be on TV most of the time. And the guys like Seth Rollins are the guys that shouldn't be on TV as much because they're the ones that you want to treat like the special attractions that you I want agree. to go out of your way to see. I agree. Um, I'm, I'm hoping he, he comes back and, and curb stomps Triple H or something at, at Mania. Oh, he can't curb stomp. That's, that moves banned. Yes, he can't do that. Maybe he pedigrees him. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Um. All right, I gotta. We gotta go here, um, but let's. I gotta ask one question of you before we do head out. Cena costs Undertaker the match at Mania. Do you think that's happening? I wouldn't be surprised. I think that's very, very likely. So, so then that's the new story. Then Cena is the heel for the. Coming up, or would he be the face? Because he gave Shane McMahon. He helped See, him that's get the over thing. Him. Of course, leave it to them to fuck up Cena's heel turn. Like, <laughs> of course, like the one time you would want Undertaker to lose, like it's fucking Cena is like you can't even do the heel turn right. Like <laughs> I, I said it at um, you know you should have had um, you should have Cena hire the Shield to beat Rock at WrestleMania. Oh, we were in the crowd calling for it. Yeah, yeah, and and that I was like, you you could have done that, and then he could have been like, I didn't know if I could beat him, you know, I had to, you know, like, like that would have been interesting, and he could have been the guy like behind the shield, but um, nope. So, all right, um, I think that's it for today. Um, but thank you everybody for joining us. Please favorite and follow us on Talkshoe, also on Facebook and Twitter. We appreciate all your help. But for Eric Clancy and Patrick Kelly, we are signing off. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.